Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFT's What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from counterparty to rare pepes, crypto punks and kitties, from Xcopy to Pack, and people's record auction. With the stories from the people inside the hurricane and hear their hopes and fears for its future, these episodes, now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the drop on Twitter. So I'm Gauthier Zupenja, so uh, aka Zoop. Uh, I'm the CEO of Nonfungible.com and co-founder. And I think I'm some sort of a catalyst for NFTs. So basically, um, I just take raw data and try to make sense with them to explain to everyone what's going on. Maybe just tell us why nonfungible.com is important from a kind of data markets perspective. Sure. Nonfungible.com is, uh, we consider that it's really important in the space because it provides the necessary transparency to the market. I mean, if you just look at the marketplaces, basically you will know how much the sellers want for their uh, assets. But the only way to know what is the fair price, so basically what buyers are ready to pay for these assets, is to look at platforms like nonfundable.com. So basically, that's what we do. We provide transparency to the markets. So could you explain what NFTs mean to you? And you can be that could be societally, that could be for creative industries, it could be for capital markets, personally, whatever you want. Um, personally, I'm extremely excited about NFTs, mostly because they are not um, really cl- um, focused on a specific uh, market or industry. Uh, they are completely agnostic. So I personally compare NFTs to vehicles. Basically, um, an NFT can carry almost everything you want, from an artwork to a gaming asset to a real estate um, certificate uh, to, I don't know, your ID, your degrees, whatever. So basically, an NFT is just an item that is able to uh, certificate or to prove that this asset is real and is yours. So yeah, my definition is an NFT is a vehicle. And and why do you think, well, well, firstly, what do you think the innovation is and why do you think that is important? Um, The innovation regarding NFTs? Yeah, so how would you describe the innovation of an NFT? Um, um, What is new? And probably it's not a revolution. It's just, uh, you know, the um, crossroads of different things. Basically, uh, it's the crossroad of the true ownership enabled by blockchain and the possibility we have for years to digitalize things. I mean, if you just take a picture of something, you digitalize it. Okay, that's a thing. But this notion of really truly own something that no one can steal from you, uh, that you can... um, you can track, you can know who were the previous buyer and with uh, what was the previous price, is something that is completely new. I mean, there is no way to lie, no way to um, hide something with NFTs. So that's a completely new way to own something, to trade assets. But that's why it's a completely new and somehow revolution for me. So could you tell us how you got into NFTs? Yeah, sure. But that's a kind of funny story. Um, actually, uh, it was in the uh, really late 2017. Um, 
of course, I've heard about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies before and blockchain. Uh, and a friend of mine who was really uh, uh, trading a lot uh, of uh, Bitcoin at that time um, sent me a link um, about, uh, you know, this movie Ready Player One. And uh, so uh, I just got the teaser and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds really promising. And a few minutes after, he just sent me the link to Decentraland. And he was like, hey, that's not just fantasy. This is real world. And this, this is right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, blockchain is able to do something like Decentraland. And that's just, that's real life. So I just, yeah, started to discover what are NFTs. So I've discovered, to be honest, the, the term NFT and the notion of non-fungibility at that time precisely. And um, I just discovered that, yeah, a complete new world and a brand new possibilities um, yeah, arrived. So. But basically, I yeah, I arrived with Decentraland, and something like a few weeks later, uh, I've met someone called DevKey2000 on the uh, Decentraland marketplace and chat, and we just started chatting about uh, the lack of transparency of the market, and that's how everything started. So what have been the kind of three defining moments or people for you in the history of NFTs, in, in your time in NFTs? Wow. Um, the three key moments of pers or person, right? Yes, exactly. I would say that one of my first key moments was when I first purchased my, um, yeah, my initial NFT. So basically, what was the land on this central land? At that time, there was. Uh, of course, there was no industry, no ecosystem. There was not even a marketplace. Of course, there was open sea, but people who were trading um, land were basically sending if to a wallet and just expecting the guy to just send back the land. So we were just crossing fingers and hoping that everything were going to be all right. And um, so basically, I've purchased my uh, my first NFT, so land on this central land, uh, to um, to, a, to a French guy uh, who were working for this central land at the time, and uh, and to be honest, I was like, oh my gosh, I now own a piece of a virtual world. That's just crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I just remember the thrill of that time. That was so crazy. Um, I think the second one uh, was when I first went to NFT NYC at, uh, I thought it was in February 2019. Uh, the NFT industry was so young at that time, even um, if, if it was only two years ago. Uh, it was a complete other world. And uh, just, you know, meeting in real life all these people, I mean, we are really a, a bunch of really pioneers or really, really uh, early adopters of NFTs. And that um, was so exciting to see all of these people just, um, yeah, having the same passion about what are NFTs, what is the potential, uh, what can we do with them? And basically, that was something like a, you know, a large family. And yeah, that was a really, really uh, exciting moment to be really part of this momentum at that time. What were some of the kind of themes that were being discussed at NFT NYC? And can you, are there are like standout moments at that event, like speeches or panels that you can remember that blew your mind? Hmm. Um, yeah, I remember a talk that were just mind-blowing. And uh, to be honest, I would doubt if it was um, in 2019 or 2020. But anyway, um, the, the topic was... Um, how to make um, value from nothing, which is completely 
crazy, but makes sense actually. I mean, if you just issue an NFT, I mean, if I just take a picture of my garden and issue it as an NFT, that has absolutely no value. If I just draw something and put it as an NFT, that has no value either. But the, um, the whole point of this uh, talk was about, okay, how do you create scarcity? How do you create a use case? How do you create a real value of something that is purely digital that you add in your mind at some point and you issue as an NFT? How to create some value from that? And that was extremely interesting to just, you know, having this step back from, okay, creating an NFT is easy. Creating value is not that easy. So here is the point of how to create valuable NFTs. It was extremely, extremely cool. And um, can you talk talk us through this point you mentioned earlier about the importance of transparency? Um, could you talk through, you know, you, you have a lot of data, you see what happens in the market. What are, what are the... What are the things that you're seeing in the market that are either bad, like bad actors, um, and or just a byproduct of things being very early and nascent, right? Like uh, from a what is what are you seeing where transparency, more transparency is needed? Mm. Um. The first thing, probably the most obvious one, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a natural thing on such market, is the speculation. I mean, um, I think that everyone that uh, had an NFT uh, one day uh, tried to sell it for low and, uh, uh, sorry, to buy it for low and uh, sell it for a higher price. I mean, that's natural, and everyone will all try to do that. In some cases, and the more people consider NFTs not as an asset to be used, but an asset to be traded, the more speculation you will see. So, uh, of course, we will see uh, speculation. And our role is not to avoid speculation, maybe just to limit a little bit of this speculation. So if you you arrive in the NFT space, consider a complete newbie that has never heard about NFT, just arrive on the marketplace and see the same asset basically um, at two USD, uh, 10 USD, and one million USD. What is the fair price of that? So um, we try to, you know, uh, avoid this bubble, this NFT bubble, just because everyone will be completely crazy and with overhyped. So we need transparency on that, on the speculation side of things. Um, and on the other end, um, in some cases, we have seen some, um, you know, wash trading mechanism, which in most cases uh, brings visibility not necessarily to the traders, but to the market, uh, to the project of the marketplace. So in these cases, um, uh, it's extremely easy. I mean, uh, if you just, uh, if you and I are uh, trading the same asset all day long, of course, at the end of the day, um, we will see crazy amount of uh, USD traded. Um, but this is just a way to use platforms like, you know, non-fundable.com and others uh, to showcase a potential fake high volume. So we need transparency on that as well because uh, it's extremely easy to give the impression that this project is uh, extremely healthy and everything is going great because of a crazy amount of USD traded. But at the end of the day, no. If it's something like, I don't know, 20 people just wash trading every day, uh, we need to point that out. Um, so, yeah. And could you just explain wash trading a little bit more then, like how it actually how it actually works? 
Yeah, sure. Um, but basically, the notion of wash trading is not uh, related to NFTs only. I mean, uh, in the traditional um, stock exchange market, you may have some wash trading. It's totally illegal on the stock exchange, but you can see it as well. Um, so basically, the notion is extremely simple. It's just to um, uh, inflate the size of your market uh, just by creating a fake trade. So if you take a really basic example, I purchase an asset for um, one if and I just sell you this asset or I send sell this asset to myself to another account and I just sell it from account A to account B and vice versa and so on. So basically, at the end of the day, that costs me almost nothing or only, you know, the gas fees. But if you look at the uh, market from an external point of view, you will see uh, basically something like 1 million USD traded just because after X times, it will really look like a massive market. So the part of wash trading is not, I mean, no one is really screwed up in wash trading. It's more like, hey, this, this project is really crazy, but not necessarily. So it's really like some sort of fake advertising, I would say. So could you tell us about what's happening in the market, the growth that we've experienced in like percentage terms or any kind of quantifiable measure of the growth we've experienced in the last 12 months. And then also this idea that NFTs are somehow decoupling from the wider crypto markets. Yeah, sure. Um, if you if you look at the NFT ecosystem in terms of, you know, USD traded only for uh, 2020, for the whole year of 2020, we have seen a little less than um, 30 million USD traded, which is cool, but definitely tiny compared to other industries. Um, if you look at the same industry, NFTs are from uh, the first day of uh, 2021 to now, um, we have seen almost 1.5 billion USD traded. Just to give you a feeling of what's going on in what kind of boom we are right now, things are getting completely crazy. And not only because of one or two projects, just because the world, basically the media, are just realizing that these new class of asset as a potential that is almost infinite. Um, we same for the number of active wallets for all, I mean all the figures, all the KPIs we measure today are getting completely crazy. I've seen last day on Twitter that there are now more research on Google for NFTs than for cryptocurrencies. It's the first time in history that NFTs are more hype than cryptocurrencies. It's just completely crazy. And you had another question, sorry? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, could, could you tell us the KPIs that you measure? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so basically, um, what, what we measure is... Um, the volume of buyers and sellers. So basically, the more buyers you have, the more people are entering the space. Um, we measure as well um, two KPIs regarding the volume of USD traded, uh, but maybe a little technical. So basically, we have uh, the total uh, volume of USD traded only on sales. So basically, only when someone sells an NFT to someone else. And what we call the total volume of um, DAP. Uh, USD uh, traded. So this second volume is necessarily higher 
and it represents all kind of interaction with NFTs. So basically, of course, buying and selling, but as well, if you, you know, you buried two kitties, if you just uh, merge uh, different uh, land to an estate, this kind of interactions you may have with your assets. This, of course, involves some fees or some, some uh, cash, and this is a totally different use case than just buying and selling. It means that people are actually using the assets. And could you give us your hopes and fears for the future of NFTs? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, in terms of hopes, I think it's both. It's a, a fear and a hope. Um, what we'll see in the next few months and probably this year is some sort of a gold rush for NFT. It doesn't mean that NFT have more potential than two months or three months uh, before. It just means that now thousands of people, project managers and uh, VCs are looking at NFTs and are currently wondering what can we do with them. We know that we'll see thousands of projects that will fail, not because they are bad, maybe even some are, but just because they haven't necessarily understood what is the potential of its assets. So we'll see some, you know, uh, people saying, I want to create Uber with NFTs or Uber using NFTs or Amazon using NFTs. But what is the real value that would promise behind that. So uh, we know that um, during this year, so many people will arrive in various in the space. Some will probably get scammed. That's that's a risk. Some will probably enter and try to launch a crazy project and raise funds. And at the end of the day, VCs will realize that all the NFT projects are not necessarily profitable because you need to have a real value proposition. So we, are, we will see thousands of experiments and from that some of them will just succeed and will be probably the next unicorn the the next i don't know binance or coinbase this kind of complete uh, massive projects will arrive we if you just look at the list of companies of brands that have downloaded the nft url report that non-fundable.com has published we have seen thousands of you know ceo VCs, uh, billionaires, um, people that are extremely famous from some social media CEO that have downloaded the report. Not because they are interested in non-fungible.com, because they are looking at NFTs and they want to, to know more about NFTs. So this year is going to be completely crazy and we'll see the best and the worst. So hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the NFT time catch drop.